Welcome to Goat Homeschooling with Erin and Amanda. I'm Erin. And I'm Amanda. This is the podcast to encourage moms that have been at this homeschooling gig longer than five years and plan on sticking with it through the high school years. The long haulers, as we like to say. We want to help you have the greatest of all time homeschool that meets the needs of your family by encouraging you with real conversations on the issues that pop up as you've been in this homeschool lifestyle for years. So it'll be fun to try and see if there's people out there that need the encouragement and if there's anything that we can do to help others as they get started on their journey. That'd be awesome. That's what we're here for. Hello and welcome back. We are going to talk today about finding your tribe, what that looks like, how to, how to do it if you haven't. That might sound like this is a newbie topic, but actually I've, in my experience, come across several homeschooling families where, you know, the mom is very frustrated that they haven't found their friend group yet, you know, and they've been homeschooling for several years. And, you know, I think I could speak for myself, but it took me a good two to three years of homeschooling before I found my people. (laughs) How about you, Amanda? For sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, you really have to put yourself out there. You know, you can't just sit at home and be doing school at home all the time and then cry about not having your tribe. (laughs) That sounds sounds harsh, (laughs) but you do have to put yourself out there and look for support groups and look, you know, join co-ops and go touring co-ops and getting phone numbers that way. You know, it's like a There needs to be a dating app for homeschooling moms. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, for sure. Well, we could talk about, we said in our first episode, a little of how we met through our local homeschooling support group. And I will tell you, if there's a local support group that meets in person in your community, find it, join it, become active, volunteer for it because it really is a make or break. I feel like for homeschooling, if you don't feel connected, if you feel isolated, if you feel like you're on an Island and you're doing this by yourself, or maybe you don't have a supportive husband who is backing you on homeschooling. I've met so many women who are just at the end of the rope and they're uh, just fried because they don't have their people. It's, it's just really sad. And it makes the homeschool run so, um, hard yeah just hard yeah yeah and and and, you know and and you lose hope you know Uh, depressing it would be depressing if we were on an island and you know it does even if you have a support group and you don't know anyone there or you don't like the people there keep going because there's lots of people that go and they don't go every every time there's a meeting so just keep kind of sifting through the people until you find the one that's meant for you, you know, until you find the people that are yours, you know, and I hate to make this comparison to high school, but sometimes it is a little bit like high school. I think it's a lot nicer than high school, um, my experience mm-hmm. anyway, but um, you just, you kind of sift through the crud to get to something good. And so don't give up. If you go to one meeting and you don't like anybody there, or you don't have a good first impression, go again. Because every meeting is going to be a different topic, going to be different people and talk, be open to talking to new people. And I know that's really hard for introverts to do that. But if you want your tribe, you have to make sacrifices. And that might be one of them that you have to, to make and just decide tonight, I'm going to go to this meeting and I'm going to challenge myself to talk to two people, right? And then see if you make a connection with them. And, and if you don't, go to the next meeting and talk to two more people. And yes, eventually you'll find someone. Yeah. 
Right. What I can tell you, I, the support group that we were in for a while, I volunteered as the president. And so as a president, you get to hear a lot of complaints about what's not working right or whatever. And a lot of times I would get feedback from moms that say, well, I went to the meeting and nobody talked to me. And my first question was always, well, who did you talk to? Right. Because that other woman or group of women that could have been their first time at that meeting as well. And they don't know that you're not someone that's been a part of the group for a long time too. So I always try to put that personal responsibility of if it's been a couple of years or if it's been a while and you still don't feel like you've found your people, what have you done to find right. your people? You know, people are not typically going to be throwing themselves out there except maybe extreme extroverts to right. say, Hey, how are you? And be so perky at these, these meetups or field trips or whatever, where there's also a lot of moms. I do see a lot of homeschool moms are introverted types. You know, yes. there's a reason we homeschool it's because we don't <laughs> want to be around other people. <laughs> but when you get us all together, you know, it's like find the most extroverted introvert at the party. <laughs> right. But if you come and, at me like a cheerleader, we, you are not my people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can but be I'm excited, like, but not on, that excited to see me. me. <laughs> <laughs> Next. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you know, it's not just about support groups too. Like finding a co-op, joining a co-op with maybe, maybe you have a specific methodology that you use for homeschooling, or maybe there's a whole curriculum set around a specific ideal find a, find a co-op that matches that because you might find very like-minded moms that are just trying to do the same thing. I know for a while I did like a wild and free hiking group and I just put out there, Hey moms, I want to take my kids on hikes every week. Who wants to join me and got the group up and running. And we met for two years. And some of those friendships are some of the ones that I still have today, even though we're not participating in the same activity, we found a commonality and we jumped on it. And then now our kids are friends known with like you, Amanda, we met at a park play date with worms <laughs> and it was a science thing. And, you know, we connected, but we didn't necessarily start hanging out like immediately after that, you know, right. it took several, several times of putting ourselves out there saying yes to field trips, saying yes to meetups or saying yes to going to the things, even if we didn't feel like it that night, just to make friends. Yeah. And we really needed to get to a point where we had where we could shed off the first two or three layers of conversation and get to something deeper for us to find that connection. And so you do really have to see these people multiple times to get to that, you know, and um, maybe throw out some sarcastic political joke and see how people respond. <laughs> and Whoever's still standing at the end of that one, that's <laughs> right. your tribe. <laughs> Those are your people, you know? Um, so, I mean, there are ways of testing it and I might throw out a cuss word or two and see how someone responds to that. And, <laughs> Um, if they're really uncomfortable, then they probably don't want to hang out with me too often, but right. you know, or go to a mom night a out and order a margarita and see right. <laughs> if the other moms still want to hang out. I don't know. Right. You know There's lots um, of ways. There are lots of ways to kind of um, get a feel for how people are, but um, it's a, that's kind of a fun experience to go through and have those conversations and then, and we'd be able to weed people out. And even if there are people that you don't have a lot of things in common with, you can still be friendly with those people and you can still network right. with those people. And 
Um, there are people that I don't hang out with consistently, but I am Facebook friends with them. And if there were, if they had a need or if I had a need, I know that we would be able to support one another. And so you don't have to be BFFs with someone to have homeschool support either. So they don't have to align completely with your beliefs to be a support and to be Mm -hmm. a, a kinship because you do have that common denominator of homeschooling and uh, oftentimes they're Christian homeschoolers. And so they are going to want to be supportive and you are going to want to be supportive of them. And that's the fundamental, that's the key piece. All right. So let's talk then about when you're in the process of finding your tribe and you find a great mom that you just hit it off with completely, but your kids don't really want to hang out. (laughs) How do you handle that? There's different ways of handling that. You become Facebook friends with them. You can chat with them. You can text with them. You can talk to them over the phone, but minimize the interactions that your kids mm-hmm. have to, and discuss it with your kids. Talk to your kids about it. If they're older, you know, we're talking like we're long haul homeschoolers here. So our kids are going to be older. And can you deal with Johnny for two hours while I talk to Johnny's mom and we have some mom time? You know, um, what can you do with Johnny that would be something that you wouldn't mind doing, spending that time? You know, can you guys play chess together or play cards together? Something where you might have something in common with Johnny. I know Johnny likes to hit you over the head with your Nerf guns, but maybe (laughs) if we put the Nerf guns away and you go play chess, maybe you could teach Johnny how to play chess or maybe you could watch a movie, you know, like there's different things that you can do with that child, even if you don't get along with them and maybe finding some common ground. I mean, that's something good for kids to learn how to do too. And if that is. kid is really someone that they're quite abhorrent to, then, you know, you just have to meet mom where, where you're at, maybe go have coffee with her or go shopping or something where the kids don't have to be interactive. Yeah. I found having certain friends that we just, I, we get together for mom night out, but we don't necessarily have play dates, you know? which is hard because I think that sometimes, you know, there's just different dynamics with ideals or how you handle different people. And some people are just like, we're all a family. We go everywhere together. We do everything. Well, that's not how my family operates. That that works for some people, but like, you know, if my kids really just don't connect with some kids, like because we have high schoolers and middle schoolers that have a very strict schedule uh, as far as their classes or co-ops that they're a part of, I don't have a lot of extra time. And I've had to find through the years, like, you know, when my kids were little getting play dates together or hangouts with other moms during the morning worked better because that was what our schedule allowed. But as my kids needed more of that morning time to get their stuff done and, you know, it just didn't make sense for us to leave that kind of also change the dynamic of our tribe too, because, you know, if you've got a spread of kids with multiple ages, then your, your schedule and availability is going to be a lot less probably than someone who has just older kids or however that goes. So just figuring out that dynamic. Yeah. And your tribe, if they're your tribe, they'll understand that and they, they'll work with you and you'll figure, I mean, it might take you a couple of months to figure out when you can get together, but if there's a will, there's a way. Right. Yeah. And if they, you know, it's hard because there are some kids that my son likes, but I don't want him to really hang out with because I don't Mm -hmm. like that the influence that that child might be. 
And so I will limit that and maybe even have that conversation with him in a respectful way about that child. You don't want to be talking smack about somebody else's kid, but right. you know, I mean, well, I don't like it when Johnny does A, B, and C. And so if you guys are to play together, then I would prefer that you keep, you know, and this might be an opportunity to teach your son, teach your child leadership and, mm-hmm. you know, how to help other children grow. Yeah. Um, I've had those conversations with my kids too. Like if someone else's kid is calling names or using language, you know, we don't use that in our house. That's their house. That's their deal. And if you don't like that child doing that, tell them, Hey, could you Mm -hmm. not use that word around me? And if that, if they're friends, then most likely they'll respect it. And if not, maybe we need to take that up a notch and have conversations parent to parent. That has happened a few times where there was a kid that called my kid an idiot and then my kid called him an idiot. I didn't hear the other child calling him an idiot. I heard my kid and I'm like, Hey, we don't, we don't call names to other people. Well, he said it to me that does that make it okay though? Is that appropriate? You know, the right is no matter who does it, right is right and wrong is wrong. We don't call names. Mm-hmm. And so you need to be the bigger person and apologize to him even if he's not upset about it, you still need to apologize to him for calling him names, period, flat, end of story, because that's who you are. You're not someone that's going to call someone else names. I don't care what their behavior is. That's on them. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he did, and he apologized for it and he hasn't done it. Since. Like there's a lot of growth opportunity there, I think. Right. And you know, there, a lot can be accomplished through communicating with your kids as homeschoolers, we get to be in charge of what our kids are exposed to. And sometimes it's not a bad thing for our kids to be exposed to some bad stuff because that's a growth opportunity. I agree. And I think, you know, I have also had conversations with other moms and I kind of look at, you know, we homeschool. So we each have our own individual office space, if you will. So when we meet at the quote water cooler with these moms (laughs) at other events and things, you know, things do come up when you're trying to find who, who are the people that really mesh with what we do as a homeschool, um, and, and connecting with them. And there have been times where it's like, you know, for a while, my kids really enjoyed hanging out with your kids, but their interests have grown apart. And so that's why, you know, we aren't available as much to get together. And sometimes that's really disappointing or to be on the other side of that too. Like, you know, there's kids that mine have really connected with, but the other kid just didn't really connect with them. And then it's like, well, you've got to talk through that with them. And that's, that's not a bad thing. It's just, right. like you said, a chance to grow. Um, but so transition that other direction, what happens when there's like a mom that you don't get along <laughs> with in the homeschooling world, because let's be real. <laughs> everybody right. doesn't like everybody. And, right. and the kids get along great, but you don't get along with the mom. <laughs> yeah. And so the kids are always like, when are we going to get together with so-and-so? And you're like, right. never. <laughs> You can see them when you're driving. (laughs) Yes. You know, talking about boundaries though, like, yeah, we'll see them on a field trip, but we're not going to have a play date with them probably, or, you know, um, whether it's just ideals that are different, uh, different belief systems, different opinions, or maybe their parenting style, just, you know, you come across every gamut of parenting style within the homeschool community, whether that's Christian or secular or right. No true words have never been spoken. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) They were on the gamut. So there's going to be other moms that, you know, and 
always be cordial. That's always mine. You know, we, we're not trying to make enemies with people that we just aren't fond of, but right. kill them with kindness. Yeah. yeah. And then just move on with life. You know, you don't have to invite them over for tea. You know, if you see them at mom's nights or, you know, if there's a children's gathering or kids are getting dropped off, okay, they can hang out, you know, but there are usually opportunities for things like that to take place without mm-hmm. having to have a conflict or have a confrontation. Yeah. And, and also we, we hit it off probably not like immediately, you know? Right. So there's other times where you might meet a mom and you think, you know, I don't really think I have that much in common with this person or, but then the more that you show up, the more that you participate, the more you volunteer within your community of homeschooling families, you might see that person in a different light or find out something about them that puts to light. Oh, that's why they X, Y, Z, you know? Right. And there's been many people that on the outside, we, we wouldn't look like we'd probably be friends, but because we gave each other a chance, yeah, we, you know, love hanging out and have found some sort of a common ground. Yeah. And I think it's because of our kid, like we have a lot, our kids got to be friends first and then there's the yeah. natural progression of that. The, yeah. I mean, and we just didn't know each other well enough. Mm-hmm. Um, your sarcasm is just beyond, uh, what I was used to. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, I mean, it just took a while. It just, you know, it's just one of those things, but, um, right. we really needed to have, uh, you know, good, long conversations. And then we realized how alike we were. You know? Right. And it was yeah. one of those things that field, a field trip wasn't going to cut it, you know? Yeah. You know, and it would frustrate me to no end as a young homeschool mom, when I'd have like the, the kindergartner and the preschooler and it's like, yeah, let's go to the park and let's meet other people to hang out with. And the kids would be like one direction, one way. And then the other one's the other way. And then the moms are trying to talk. And it was just like, most of the time I would leave field trips, like as an introvert, so frazzled and exhausted that it wasn't, it was like, why do I keep signing up for this crap? You know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I did because it was important because I knew it was better to feel tired and exhausted after a field trip than to not have community. And right. that was, well, and I always liked the field trips where the kids had a purpose and direction. So I would do the field trips where, you know, to the gym, but there was a teacher and the, you know, the teacher would show them different things they could do at the gym, you know, at the bounce house or whatever. And so the kids, I could look one direction and see both of my kids and have good conversations with the other moms or go to museum tour where it was a tour. So the kids have a focus and a direction and I can stand back and let them learn and -hmm. let them take the tour and have conversations with other moms. So like, I always liked something that was a little bit more focused you know, then, you know, the, the park days where I know they're going to be running different directions. Cause that just, that in of itself, not even having the conversations with the other moms, but just having my kids running two different directions frazzles me. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Fra- like, cause it totally stresses me out because I'm, I'm envisioning them getting kidnapped by a pedophile or something. Um, <laughs> oh, no. you know, if I'm not watching that, cause I, right. I am one of those parents, you know, where I'm like watching. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't be able to have meaningful conversations with other women because I'm so freaked out about my kids. So having something that's super focused and where the kids can be super focused and still, um, learn and where they can kind of go in their direction safely, 
then mm -hmm. I can relax and it's still frazzling. It's still exhausting. Yes. And I still have to schedule the recovery time. And my kids need that recovery time as introverts, you know, so the yeah. afternoon would need, I would usually schedule those for the mornings. And then the afternoon we would have much more down. It would have a ton of downtime and the, yeah. and the next day have a ton of downtime. Yeah. Just for recovery. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I learned really quick not to try to plan two things in one day with the kids, right. that, what, you know? Yeah. I think I did that once I scheduled, um, two things in one day, <laughs> but, uh, never again, <laughs> Yeah, never again. Yeah. There's so many lunches packed and, oh my gosh, <laughs> you probably forgot about this. Maybe not. One of the ways that we really connected was that our kids like video games. And so right. we've done video game nights, like I try to host those once a month. Um, but when they were little, we did board game activities with a couple other ladies and our, our kids still hang out with those friends as well. Yeah, we did do. Yeah, that's right. Those board, I forgot about the board game ones. Yeah. Where the kids yeah. would pull out all the board games. Yeah. That was fun. We should have the kids. Well, I don't know. They might be too grown up now. Yeah. So that's the other thing too, is, you know, our support group had kind of a, a, a list and address books of sorts of the families involved. And so if I saw Amanda at the park, I could just look her up online and say, Hey, I'm right. at your park. You know, if you, I couldn't get your number, but my kid really, you know, found something in common with your kid. Could we get together for a video game night? I right. know they were talking about Minecraft for four hours and making our ears bleed, but <laughs> our kids have done that. <laughs> Yes. Or oh my Terraria was, is the one that our boys are. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness. If I never hear that word again, I'll be so happy. <laughs> the monologuing. Uh, See, there you go. School. They're doing presentations right there. Right. <laughs> the narration. If you're Charlotte Mason, they just know. need a pulpit and a microphone and they're, they're good. <laughs> Well, was there anything else? So finding your tribe in that way. Yeah. So finding support groups, if you Google it, you know, support groups in your, mm -hmm. in your town or even places like HSLDA will have on their website, finding groups. Um, there's several websites that have a collection of groups mm -hmm. within your area. And usually there's multiple groups to join that might cover different geographical areas. Join them all or and narrow it down. Yeah. Like another thing that you and I have done with our kids is BSF Bible study fellowship, where they right. have a teen program all the way down to preschool. And yes. And that's international. So that's everywhere. So yeah, right. wherever the listeners are listening from, you can look up BSF Bible study fellowship and, and they do, and they are wonderful. I really, really love that program. And I miss it because yeah. it's been just been online this year and mm -hmm. for in our area. And so if it's in person, go. Yeah. And you'll find some connections yeah. there for sure. And that's the other thing too, about finding your homeschool tribe. You don't necessarily have to be homeschool, homeschool specific to the activity. It could be a youth group. It could be a Bible study fellowship. It could be uh, any kind of like sport or activity that you find that could lend itself to building those friendships. Right. When we first joined BSF, our group leader was happened to also be a homeschool mom. And, yeah, you know, we didn't necessarily sign up for that. We didn't seek her out, but it just was serendipitous that it happened that way. So, mm -hmm. you know, you never know who you'll find. If you walk into a room and say, I don't want the government teaching my children, um, that'll weed out <laughs> some people. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, It'd be kind of a fun way to break the ice. 
if, if that is one way to break the ice for sure. <laughs> All right. So are we done with this one? Yeah. If you have ideas, you can definitely share them on our Facebook page or Instagram page. Or if you have any other ideas, you could email us at our goat homeschooling podcast at gmail.com. And we will Excellent. have, we will have people that we interview on here too. At some point we're making a yeah. list of gals that, um, that we can interview. And so if you have any questions or any ideas of who you might like to see us interview, by all means, throw suggestions our way. We're all ears. Thanks for listening today. We hope you'll subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you'd like to suggest topics for us to discuss, or if you have any questions, find us at Goat Homeschooling on Facebook, on Instagram at Goat Homeschool, and email us at Goat Homeschooling Podcast at gmail.com. Have a great day. Thanks for listening.